Hi, this is Dave Olson. I'm the senior leader of Heartland Church located in Ankeny, Iowa. I hope the following message challenges, encourages, and ultimately changes you. Thanks for joining us. The last time I was, the last time I spoke here was the very last Sunday of of 2019. It was December 29th, back in December. And uh, I would encourage you to go back, if you can, and listen to that message. Um, God gave me a very clear and detailed prophetic word for 2020, and I've I've clearly seen that already being fulfilled in this first half of the year. Uh, Part of what I was sharing was, I said, in 2020, there will be challenges, and God will be faithful. Don't you love that detailed prophetic word? Um, so, man, there was, I was just flowing in such prophetic accuracy. It was amazing. So if you get a chance, go back and listen to that um, as God just anointed me with such prophetic revelation. So, um, and, uh, and he's really, that's proven true. Uh, it's been an interesting year. Uh, people, have, people have been asking me, they're like, so what, how's, how's it going, man? You, you know, you, you stopped being on staff at the church, launching full-time into itinerant ministry. How's it going? And I'm like, well, I'm at home a lot. Um, couldn't have picked a worse time in human history about the last hundred years or so to start a traveling ministry. So, yeah, you know, getting close to my family. This is good. Um, that's, that's been a lot of it. So um, I was scheduled this year to be in uh, Ohio, Texas, obviously here in Iowa, um, uh, different states, uh, different different parts of the country, Philadelphia, um, different countries, Indonesia, uh, looking at going to Africa, uh, obviously Colombia, probably a couple more times, Looking was looking to make it back to Brazil at least once, maybe twice. Um, uh, there's just several different countries, uh, different parts of the world, uh, different continents, and uh, all that shut down. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, uh, I didn't choose... It wasn't just my idea to quit. Matter of fact, I resisted the idea of resigning. So uh, it wasn't my idea. It was God and it was his timing. And he told me I needed to resign and he told me when to resign. And so um, at the end of the day, all I can do is trust in his sovereignty. Uh, He knows what every country, what every church needs. He knows what we need. Um, And uh, he's good. He's a faithful, sovereign, holy, loving father. And he promises. Romans 8.28 is not just some nice little Christian phrase. Oh, he works all things together for good. No, he really does. I don't know how he does it, but he's the sovereign God of the nations. And nothing can trump his goodness. He will weave into our lives his divine purposes in every situation, including worldwide pandemics. He's that good. He's bringing good out of every situation. I don't have to figure out how he does that. I just have to trust that he does and then yield to him in that process. And so I am thankful for his, his goodness, his kindness, his love. And I also want to thank this church for uh, people who've given uh, to my ministry that we launched at the beginning of the year. Um, for those who give directly to my ministry, I see that, and uh, I, hopefully I've done a good job thanking people for that. But for those who give through the church, I just get uh, a check from the church, and I'm thankful for that, for those who give through the church, but I don't, 
I don't know who those people are. Uh, so if you've given to my ministry, thank you. Um, some who uh, I knew... I know some have given sacrificially could, you know, uh, maybe it came with a note and just said, hey, I can only give a little bit. I'd love to give more. But man, I just want to say, God bless you. May he, may he multiply what back to you, your sacrifice and your giving. And I'm, I'm grateful for that. Um, we're doing good. Uh, God has been faithful. Um, we're blessed as a family. Um, life is full of challenges. There's warfare, but God is good in the midst of every circumstance. Aren't you glad that God's character and nature doesn't change with changing circumstances? He's a good God. And um, so I, I'm just, I'm thankful for that. And uh, so just, I'm, I'm so honored to be a part of this amazing church. And, uh, you know, one of the things I was telling uh, Pastor Laura, um, probably back in January, you know, I'm, I'm excited. Uh, about what they're partnering together with for this this new ministry, uh, when they said, "Hey, what does God want to do? What what is what is what does this need to look like?" And you know, one of the things that Pam said was, um, "I don't remember exactly how she phrased, but basically, how do we need to do it better?" You know what? That excites me because one of the things I told Pastor Laura shortly after I left was, "Look, God didn't raise you up in this pastoral role just so we could keep doing things like I did them." Hopefully there was blessing upon what I did, but God's not going to remove me from the pastoral leadership to go, okay, we're going to go backwards, or we're just going to do the same old, same old. If he's going to put somebody in that position, in that spot, it's because he wants to take us from glory to glory. He wants to take things deeper. So I'm excited about that. That blesses me. I'm excited about it. I was going to um, initially apologize to everyone that I do not have a sermon, because uh, I really don't. But we've already heard one. Thank you, Pam. That was awesome. That was awesome. One of the things, uh, I just want to touch on the finances again real quick. One of the things is, um, you know, Pastor Dave, when, when he prayed over me and we took up an offering for my ministry that we were launching, he was saying, hey, not, you know, some places I go and that they cover my expenses and they, they give me an offering. Um... Um, but not every place can do that. And so uh, one of the things I think what's going to happen, from what I can tell, is because so far this year, all international ministry has been shut down. It doesn't look like it's going to open up again this year. We're going to have to look on into next year. And uh, But even some of the places internationally that I've gone that were able to cover my expenses... Um, I think that's probably going to change because of the economic hardships in some of those other places. And so I'm thankful for those who have given. Um, not only are you helping so that I can go to some of those places that can't um, provide any financial help, but even some of the places I've been to in the past that have taken care of the finances, taken care of all the expenses, and I think now I'm going to have to flip that bill. So thank you so much to everyone who's given. I am grateful for this church family. Um, I am so thankful for the body of Christ. I need the body of Christ. I need you. I'm not saying I need your money. I just say I need you. Okay, we need one another. We need each other's prayers, strength. We need each other's encouragement. We need each other's uh, hugs, your love, your prayers, 
We need one another. We need one another. And I'm, I'm just so thankful for this church family. So, um, I, I, really, I really don't have uh, a sermon. Uh, but I, I want to start out, give a brief update on a few things, and then we'll read a couple of, of verses, God willing. So, if you would go to uh, John 15... John 15. Um, so, this year I had the privilege of ministering in some African churches in Des Moines in the early part of the year. Uh, and then I was able to minister um, on a Sunday morning in Pella. And right after that meeting in Pella, things, everything shut down. So obviously, like everybody else, we're at home for a while. And, uh, and then... Uh, I don't think we were back here right away when things opened up because our kids uh, were told that they had some people from work who got the virus and everything. And, and uh, so we're just enjoying watching online. And man, that is some good quality. That is really good quality online. That's amazing. And uh, anyways, uh, we're just going along and... Uh, I've been saying, man, I want to get out. I want to go... Uh, you know, you get tired of being at home, and I just wanted to get out. And there was a beautiful day. I think it was the first day of May. Uh, Beth and I went to the Ledges Park and just went hiking, and it was a picture-perfect day. And we got home that night, and I'm like, man, I'm kind of worn out. I'm like, yeah, you know, all that hiking. Wow, I guess I'm older than I thought. Okay, so then the next day, I'm like, wow, I'm still worn out. Jeez, man, I guess I need to get more exercise. By Sunday morning, I'm like, okay, this something's wrong. I mean, I might be old and out of shape, but I'm not that bad. Like, something's up. And sure enough, check my temperature, and it was shooting up. And I'm like, this is not from hiking. This, something's wrong. And so I was sick in bed with a fever and finally got the test results a few days later that had COVID-19. And uh, so I was sick for about two weeks. And then finally, it's like, honey, I feel good again. I finally feel normal. This is amazing. She's like, that's great. I don't feel good. So then she did an amazing job taking care of me for two weeks, and then I had to return the favor. I got to return the favor. It was a privilege. Didn't have to. And, uh, and that was a blessing. So uh, to serve her like that for the next two weeks. So we had a month of COVID in our house, two weeks for me, two weeks for her. So, um, uh, so just so you know, uh, from my perspective, that's why I'm not practicing any social distancing here at church because I've had it. Well, put it this way. We believe in impartation here, but that's not something we want to impart. I've had it, got over it. As far as I, I can't get it and I can't give it, so I'm not imparting it. So I will hug, I'll lay hands on people, I'll bless, and all of that. So, um, so that's all good. So uh, I just haven't bought the t-shirt yet that says I survived COVID-19 2020 or anything. But um, uh, just real quick. Uh, so, so then finally we get over that. And then I got a call from the church that we're connected with in Medellin, Colombia. And they wanted me to do some, some training on Zoom. So for about the last six weeks, I did that every week except for like um, on Father's Day where we took a break. Um, did some training that started at 10 o'clock our time here um, and went to 1130. So that's why for the last number of weeks, I only, I've only been getting here right at the very end, just before the service ends. Um, but even that little bit, 
as I've been coming in, just as the service is wrapping up the last several weeks, man, I've been amazed to step in to the presence of God as God has just landed when Pastor Day has been wrapping up his message and the Spirit of God coming. And it has been so encouraging and so challenging. It's been so good. So uh, I've been, I just finished up that time of training on Zoom with the church in Columbia. And, uh, and then... Uh, a couple weeks ago, I was in Tennessee, uh, drove our son Judah down there as he moved in with his grandparents, uh, relocated to the Nashville area. And when I was there, uh, or a few weeks before I got there, I got a hold of a longtime friend of mine who runs the Teen Challenge Center in, in Tennessee, Southern Tennessee in Chattanooga. And I, I just said, hey, I'm going to be in the area. I'd love to come by and, and see some folks. And if there's an opportunity for me to bless the students, minister to them, I would, I would be willing to do that. And, uh, and he said, yeah, sure, we'd love to have you. So they set up one night. I just popped in overnight. And uh, so just a small handful of, of Teen Challenge male students and female students on the back row. And uh, there was... That was it. There was no worship. There was really no introduction. There was nothing. It was just... Hey, here's Christopher. I'm like, this guy's, all right, whoever this guy is, all right, we're forced to be here kind of thing. And, but, um, but, it was, uh, but it was an interesting time because um, leading up to that, um, for the previous week or so, I'd been, uh, there was such warfare that, uh, that I've never dealt with, like anything like that in my life. Um, there was just such a spiritual battle that was going on. And part of me didn't feel like stepping in and ministering because of the spiritual battles I'd been through. But I, I just began to share what God gave me to, to share that night. And the Spirit of God came down. And uh, it's kind of hard to explain, but I'll just try to give it to you in, in some other words, some of the guys and gals. Um, some of the guys were like, I've never, I've never experienced such love in my life. I've never, from any being ever, I've never experienced such love as I just released the Father's embrace to them. And they were laid out under the power of God. God doing a deep work in their heart. Um, there was a, a gal in the back. I hugged her and she fell out under the spirit into her chair. And I uh, found myself just kind of yelling out loud, I'm yanking this out by the roots. And she kind of let out a scream, and she could feel this junk being pulled out of her. And she was just blown away, and uh, there was just a flow of the Spirit. I went to the, this other gal, give her a hug. She was like, oh, you can hug me, but I'm a really hard case. And I said, well, God, no, you're not too hard for God. God loves you. He loves hard cases, and you're not even a hard case here. Gave her a hug. She starts weeping. The Spirit of God comes on her, kissed her on the top of the head. She later on testified. She wrote out a testimony and sent it to me just about what God powerfully did that night. She was like, I've been raised in church. I was around the things of God my whole life before I went in and out of jail so many times. She said, I heard about all the things of God growing up, but she said, I've never, never, never experienced him like I did tonight. And she said, and for those of you who this is new or it's, you're not familiar with it, or if it seems weird, I agree with you. It's, it is weird, but it's just how God uh, 
uses me for whatever reason. Probably because Leif Hetland's my spiritual father. But I gave her a kiss on the forehead, and she said, the moment I kissed her, it's like heaven opened up, and just God just poured his love into her heart as she just felt all this junk, all this garbage leaving her as God set her free. Um, there was, then at the end, there was a couple of more guys, well, several guys who I think to their shock and their surprise as the spirit of God came down they hit the floor quite intensely and God was driving darkness out of them one guy was rolling on the floor growling which is usually not a good sign except that you know the enemy is going to be driven out and uh, bound by some junk in his life and it was driven out there was another guy uh, who (laughs) these were his words I don't know what happened. I fell to the floor, choked, and passed out. Now, I want you to know that that's not my goal in ministry. That's not like I try to have that happen. But, but this, is, this is what he told me. He said, for years, I've had this strained relationship with my mom. I've had bitterness toward her. And tonight, for the first time in like well, however long, in years, I want to get a hold of her. I want to reconnect with my mom. I don't care about the manifestation. Like, that's fine. God can do whatever he wants. He, God can send an angel to do a chokehold on the enemy. But there's fruit in that. Another guy who hit the floor really intensely and said, the man who was responsible for my sister's death, he said, I've had, I've had such an anger problem for years, and the core of that has been this, this anger and resentment toward this man who's responsible the man who watched my sister die and didn't do anything about it. He said, I forgave that man tonight. And uh, it was just, it was, it was a super intense time. I think it was one of the times where I've, I would say that I've never seen um, such uh, deliverance from the demonic in just one service in the United States. Um, it, it, was, it was glorious but intense. Um, going to read this this verse real quick out of John 15 and then we just want to yield to what the Holy Spirit wants to do John 15 14 you are my friends if you do what I command and then he goes on to say I no longer call you servants I call you friends uh, we love that passage of scripture, but what I realize is, is that while the love of God is unconditional, friendship with him apparently isn't. According to what Jesus says, we don't have the right to call ourselves friends of God or to assume that we're his friends if we're not obedient. It's not been pleasant. 
but it's been needed. He's hooked me with his word. I'm bound to it. I read his word and I recognize I, I can't get away from it. This is not just some book. These are the words of God. And I can't take this lightly. And so if he says, you're my friends if you do what I command, and that's his word to me. In James, James tells the church, this is friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God. I've been reading 1 John a lot, and I love that book. I love 1 John. Man, this was a man possessed by the love of God. Just behold what manner of love the Father has given us, that we should be called sons of God. Perfect love drives out fear. God is love. He's a man possessed by the love of God, and yet I'm reading this book. I'm reading 1 John, and... He's, he opens up, I mean, not very far into it, he says something like this. He says, Whoever says that he loves God but does not obey him is a liar. I'm going to confess to you, this is where I feel like I'm at, and this is why, this is why I, don't, I don't have a sermon. All I have is a heart that's raw before the Lord. You see, I read a verse like that. And I have two options. And one of them is to go, God, that's, a, that's an intense passage. That's, that's a pretty heavy verse. God, that's good. For other people, they need to hear that. And I know it's true. But that doesn't apply to me. Because of this and this and this and this. Because of me and ministry and what you've done in my life and what you've done through me and how you've used me. Or I have the opportunity to look at the Word of God and say, God, God, rip away any excuse from my life. And I want the purity of the sword of your word to pierce my heart and transform me. I just feel like if there's anything that I would say that's summed up recent days for me. It's just, I think about Paul when he wrote in Philippians. He said, if anyone has any right to boast, I have more. This is what Paul was saying. He said, look, I could boast about his background, his religious pedigree. And I've done this and done all these things. And yes, he was talking before he got saved, but it was still his religious pedigree. And he was saying, I, I could boast in all these things. Yeah, I'm Paul the Apostle and this is my background. But you know what? I don't care about that. I just want to know him in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. 
just, I'm like, God, thank you for what you've done. Thank you for what you've accomplished. God, I rejoice with every testimony. But God, I don't care. God, I, I cast it all aside. And I just want a pure, obedient heart before you that loves you and honors you. God, God, I want to honor you. God, I want the fire of your spirit. I want the fire of the fear of the Lord to burn in my heart. God, I want all my ways to be pleasing to you. I want your presence to be made manifest in my home, God. I thank you that you've called me to minister in the nations. But God, I'm grateful. But on the other hand, God, I don't care. God, I just want you. I just want you. God, I don't want to just casually claim friendship with you. But not come into alignment with what really makes us a friend of God. He said, if you love me, you obey me. First John says, anyone who loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. I just, I'm reading the word and I just see obedience, obedience, obedience. Look, it's, I love revival history. I, I celebrate what God has done and what he is doing. But it's one thing to applaud and celebrate what he's done because he did it through somebody else's hunger. Because he did it through the sacrifice of somebody else. It's a whole other thing to say, then God, do it in me. Then do it in me. It's not enough for us to read or celebrate the revivals and what he's done but not be willing to do the same thing and this is what challenges me is that it's one thing to say God we love what you did through them whoever them are whoever they are whatever group of people that God poured out his spirit through it's one thing to say that but it's another thing to let God challenge our hearts and he says you can have what they got if you'll do what they did to get it I'm not saying that in a legalistic way. I'm not saying that in, a, in, a, in a, any kind of we earn something with God. But are we willing to position our hearts to say, God, I don't care what it takes. I don't care what it costs. And I felt the holy finger of God probing the depths of my heart. I'm so hungry for him. I'm so hungry for him. You go back to John 14. Just I've had this phrase going through my mind. And I have nothing, nothing to boast about. But I have everything to be grateful for. Paul the Apostle said, forbid it, then, forbid it that I should boast in anything but the cross of Christ. 
He says in Romans 11, who has given to God that God should repay him? Obviously, the answer is no one. He owes us nothing, yet he's been so merciful to us. About two months ago now, I, I basically stopped watching any news. Any news on the internet, just any of that. Because this is, I could feel something happen inside of me of, let me check the latest, let me check the latest, let me check the latest. Let me check what the latest is on this or this or this. And in the midst of that, I would find myself catching news articles and stuff and, and frustrated with people. Frustrated with groups of people. And I could feel I'm like, God, I don't have to agree with a wrong ideology. But we wrestle not against flesh and blood. They are not the problem. The demonic forces behind wrong ideology is our battle. But these individuals, you love them so much. Jesus, you think of the person that you can't stand to hear them talk and what they have to say. And you're against what they stand for. Jesus died for that person. I'm like, God, you love every politician, everyone of every political persuasion, everyone of every kind of ideology. You love them with an everlasting love. God, give me your eyes. And I just had to turn it off and go, God, I feel like I'm just eating from the tree of knowledge and good of evil. I'm just going right, wrong, wrong, right. Rather than going, God, give me your heart. Let me see it through your eyes, your love, your perspective, your holiness, your grace, your mercy. And saying, Holy Spirit, what's the update? Holy Spirit, what's the latest you want to tell me? Holy Spirit, what are you saying? What do you want to fill me in? Because I don't care what, whatever news source, whether it's conservative or liberal, none of them are going to get on there and say, hey, guys. There are principalities and powers of darkness that are working here. We need to pray. I don't want to eat from the tree the knowledge of good and evil. I want life. And I want to feel his broken heart. Let's look at this verse. John 14. Go to verse 30. Jesus says, all over chapter 14, he says, if you, if you love me, you'll obey me. If you love me, you'll keep my commands. And then this is what he says. This is what he says in verse 30. I will not say much more to you, for the prince of this world is coming. He has no hold over me, but he comes so that the world may, may learn that I love the Father and do exactly what my Father has commanded me. When he says the prince of this world, yeah, he's talking about the devil. Paul calls him the prince of the power of the air. He's saying the prince of the power of the air, he is coming for me. But he has nothing in me. He has no hold on me. us that we'd be able to say the same thing 
that there is no vulnerability. That there is no place that the enemy can have a hold on any part of our life. And Jesus says this. He says, he's coming for me. The world must learn that I love the Father. I do exactly what he tells me to do. Jesus is reiterating the same principle again. He says, look, I demonstrate my love to the Father by my obedience. I can't get this out of my heart. That's why I don't have some sermon. I just know God's been dealing with my heart of obedience in every area. To demonstrate. How many of us have said, oh God, I love you. I want to love you more. How can I love you more? How can I show my love for you? And he's like, by obedience. You can... You can release your love for me through obedience. You can demonstrate your love for me through obedience. He says, the enemy's coming, but he has no hold on me. I think one of the signs of the Spirit of God coming in power is when literally the grip of the enemy is loosened off of people's lives. A sign of the Spirit of God coming in power to a church, to a people, is you can literally feel the bonds of the enemy being loosed and being pulled off. I said, I don't know all that he's up to. I've, like I said, I've hardly been here. But I know what I feel when I walk in at the end of this service. I've been coming for the last few weeks for the prayer in the morning. I want to encourage you to make it out. But he is stirring something. There is a holy hovering. I told Beth, I said, I've just been trembling all week. And more this morning. trembling inside. He is doing something in our midst that I just want to yield to and say, Holy Spirit, leave no stone unturned. I'm thankful for the kind introduction Laura gave me. But I'm like, God, I'm not relying on yesterday or experiences I had in the past. Today, today, I want my heart to be fully yielded to you in every area. God, I want to give myself to you fully today. I would like Joel and Cara and whoever else that you guys have for that los que estaban en el retiro de jóvenes para compartir rápidamente. Um, um, I felt like the Lord said a couple of things. One, it's just been burning in my heart. It's this phrase that the road to an abundant life in Christ is paved by obedience to Christ. 
and I, I love the abundant life. I want the abundant life. And sometimes we have a tendency to interpret it through our American paradigm of, of comfort and prosperity. And hey, I'm all for that. But, but ultimately, the road to an abundant life in Christ is paved by obedience to Christ. God says in Deuteronomy 5.29, Oh, that they would have a heart to fear my name, that I may bless them and prosper them, and their families, that it may go well with them. There's a blessing that comes with the fear of the Lord. It's not just an Old Testament concept, it's a New Testament concept as well. The reverential awe, the fear of the Lord. He's a holy God and He's a loving Father and there's no contradiction in that. I want them to share real quick what they were sharing the other day, what God uh, did. And then I want to release one last thing that He showed me in the Spirit. And then we're just going to invite Him to do what He wants. So um, last weekend, we had the first ever Firestarter staff retreat, which basically was our youth leaders and Hillel and I, and the Lord just really put it on our heart to do that, to take intentional time to listen to him and to invest in one another, since normally when we get together, it's just a giving thing. We give to others. That's why we're here. Um, and there's three of us that are missing, Grace, Savannah DeBoof, and also uh, Josh Rohr. And just to be quick about what the Lord was doing with us, when we woke up on one of the mornings, we had a different time scheduled, and the Lord was like, nope, this is what I want to do today. Um, and he basically just said, open up, tell everyone to open up their word, open up the Bible, and just say, hey, Lord, what's on your heart today? And in short... Each one of us got something. You know how God works, where he reveals piece by piece and confirms and ties it all together. Raise your hand if you know what I'm talking about. And you're like, wow, we're all hearing from the Lord right now. And the Lord took us to James, um, and he took us to John 14, to obeying. And, and he took us to Ephesians, and he tied it all together and Basically, it was this, that we needed to prepare our hearts. That we needed to prepare our hearts for the youth of this generation and to cry out for the youth of this generation and the next generation and just for the deception to be lifted off of their eyes <laughs> and for truth to come in. And the Lord gave us the word, and it was multiple different ways of saying the same thing, but it was, your heart needs to break for them, and you need to prepare because he's getting ready to send the lost here. He's getting ready to send the lost, and I'm talking about like train loads, <laughs> like boat loads of, of youth, and I just saw in my spirit when we were praying and we were talking that that, that was the Lord's heart, is like, prepare your testimony, prepare your witness, prepare your heart to receive the lost, and pray for deception to be lifted off. And so, um, I don't know what else you want me to share, but um, that was just really what was on our heart, and I don't know if you guys want to share anything else. Oh, yeah, and from that time, instead of just uh, saying, oh, wow, that's really cute, Lord, thank you, we just fell on our knees in that hotel room, and I think we creeped out a lot of people because we were screaming pretty loud. But we just fell on our knees and just began to cry out like, Lord, save this generation. 
Well, the travail that Pastor Dave's been praying that would, would be gifted to us is here this morning. And I just want to invite you right now, even as we just share, to just tune your heart into the Father and to just cry out with us. And the literal words on my page is just cry out for the youth, cry out for this generation, cry out for the lost that they would receive salvation. And so that's what we ended up crying and, and praying for. And from that moment, the Lord was like, okay, now go and do something. And so we went over to Savannah and I just put my hand on her head and Savannah DeBoof. And, um, I normally don't feel this. I'm normally like a, oh, here's a prophetic word. And there you go go process that with the Lord and I move on. But I just felt like the father was like, it's time for her to receive her spirit language, the, her gift of tongues. Like this is time. It's a baptism of the spirit. I want to free her. And we fought for about an hour. We fought for an hour together in that room, just fighting for her freedom and just that her voice would be unlocked. And I feel like it's not only her, but it's a prophetic sign of this generation that we've been on lockdown. We've been up with a lock box on our tongue and that the enemy wants that to happen. And I, and just, I felt like as she started speaking out and groaning and speaking in tongues, that it was this prophetic declaration of the youth being unlocked to the purposes of God and awakening to the purposes of God. So I don't know what else you want me to say. This is what the Lord showed me. For a week ago, he said that he wants to release a sword of authority and deliverance to the church to cut off the plans of the enemy, to cut off the demonic deception and bondage and lives. He wants to release that sword of deliverance, that sword of authority, but he will only release the sword through us if he can release it in us. That sword of authority has to be wielded with great care because it is a double-edged sword and it will not just cut off bondages and break off powers of darkness that have bound people. The only ones that are allowed to wield it are the ones who allow it to come like a scalpel to do surgery on their hearts, to circumcise their hearts. Jesus was obedient to death, even death on a cross. Lord, who am I to give you anything less? and you can't make anything happen. Just yield to him. Yield to him. If there's any area where you've been like, 
that God's been dealing with for a while, where he's been putting his finger on and you resisted. Don't resist. Just yield. Say, God, whatever it takes, whatever it costs, you're worth it. You're worth it. But I feel, I feel the tip of the sword coming to us this morning. I feel the sharp tip of the sword coming to us. It is a holy invitation to us, Heartland. Oh, God. <laughs> oh! <laughs> whether you like or whether you understand... What's going on? The Holy Lord of hosts is coming. He is a jealous, burning fire, and rightfully so. Uh, that there are angels that are in this place right now. Uh, They've brought fire from heaven. They're just going through this room, waiting for yielded hearts. And the moment you yield, you're going to step into his fire. Let it come. Let it come. Let it come. We welcome the spirit of the fear of the Lord. Holy, holy, holy God. Holy, holy, holy God. More, more right now. All over this room, we welcome you. We invite the sword of the Lord. Take your word and penetrate our hearts. Holy, holy God, let it come. Right there, right there. I feel him circumcising hearts. He's cutting away. He's cutting away the flesh. Let it come. Let it come. You don't have to like it. You don't, you don't have to feel comfortable with it. I sure haven't been. It has not felt good, but I'm more hungry for him. Jesus, Jesus. No. The only ones that he can entrust the sword to go through you to set others free are the ones that he, you allow him to release the sword on the inside of you. Come. 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 More, Lord. More, Lord.
Just let him do what he wants to do. Yield to him. This is between you and God. Let him search your heart. Let the holy, awesome, sovereign, omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent God do everything he wants to do. I'm going to ask right now that every young person between 12 and 25 come up front to this middle spot. If you're on the platform here, those of you who are here, you could just respond however you need to do. But I'm going to ask every young person, 12 to 25, come stand in the middle. Come stand in the middle. Close your eyes and lift your hands. Scoot into the middle. There's more room over here. Just close your eyes. Lift your hands and let them come right now. Let them come. Let them come. More. Those of you who are still seated out there, just let them, just yield to him. Let him burn in you. Let him burn in you. Let him burn in you. Let him do whatever he wants to do. If you're in your own space with God, just let him do that. But for the rest of us, I'm asking you, stretch out your hands and ask for the fire of God to come on these young people right now. As Kara was saying, this grieving, this, this longing, this freedom from all deception. Let it come. Let it come right now. Let it come. Lift your hands to him. Lift your hands to him. I'm going to count to three. And on three, I'm going to ask for the fire of God to begin to hit these young people. And if there's been bondage in your life, if there's been oppression by the enemy, if there's been deception in your life, we are asking, church, listen, this generation is so assaulted by the demonic. It's so assaulted by the demonic. We need the power of God. We need the fire of God. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for your presence in this place as you've been hovering over this place with your holy, holy presence. I thank you for angelic assistance of spirits of wind and fire here this morning. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, one, Lord, we ask that you would open heaven. Do what no man can do. Let your fire come and burn. Two, I'm going to ask anyone who's laying hands on them just to pause for a moment. Remove your hands, and we're just going to stand back, and we're going to watch him come. Just take a break for a second from laying hands on them. Guys, close your eyes. Fix your eyes on Jesus Christ, who is King and Lord of all. Three, let it come right now. Let it come. Burn, 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 burn. Lord, baptize them in the Holy Ghost.
Baptize them in the fire. Baptize them in the fire of the Holy Ghost. Let it come. Let it come. More. 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 Show. Just respond to the Lord right now. Let him come. 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 Let him burn. Let him burn. Let him burn. If you need to stand up, stand up. If you need to kneel, kneel. If you need to cry out, cry out. Oh! More, more, more. Holy Spirit, come. There's a sword that's been set on fire. that you have there's a holy inheritance that you have
yield to the Holy Spirit. More, more. He's going deep. He's going deep. Let him go deep. There's a fiery sword from heaven. It's doing surgery. It's doing surgery. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you with a jealous, fiery, holy, perfect love. Oh, he's a consuming fire. His love is a consuming fire. Thing but just respond to him. Holy Spirit, bring the burning. We love you. We love you, God. We love you. We love you. We love you. We love your presence. We are hungry for more. And as we cry out for more Holy Spirit, we want to respond to your cry for more of us. Every area, every part. Every area, every part. I can feel there's some of you, you just, you're like, man, I just want to respond to God. Just let him do whatever he wants to do. I'm just going to welcome you to come and kneel before the Lord if that's what you want to do. go. Just go and obey the Lord. But he's been hovering over this place. <laughs> With a holy jealousy for his bride. It is a freedom from the inside out. 
It is a holiness from the inside out that only he can produce. But we're not without excuse because we have the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. Holy Spirit, we yield ourselves to you. never in vain. <laughs> Linda, there have been times you felt like your heart was just going to burst. There's times where there's been pain and you felt like, I don't know that I can handle it. You groaned in intercession. to the Holy Spirit. He lets you feel his groaning, his burden, his pain. You're an Anna in the house of the Lord. God has said, you might be a widow, but you're married to me and I'm not going to waste one thing. But in this season of your life, I'm going to give birth. I'm going to give birth to the move of God in a young generation. I have found an Anna who I can possess her womb and I can travail and birth my purposes through. Thank <laughs> you. 
Any group you've seen on TV, any group you've seen on the news, I don't care who they are. Jesus shed his blood to redeem them. Any political figure we've railed against, we don't have to agree with their politics. But Jesus, our Jesus, went to the cross. Jesus was obedient to death, even death on a cross, to redeem them. Any group you've seen, who you've been frustrated with, any leader, he loves them. God, would you break our hearts with your love, with your love. Let that sword, let that sword go in deep. generation and we want to cooperate with you Lord we say rip off apathy out of our lives I'm thankful for all that you've done but God I'm so hungry 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 for more I am so hungry for more trembling that I felt on the inside of me. 
God. It's just been building over the last few days. Just found myself weeping, weeping, weeping this morning before church. Just my insides trembling. With the hand of the Lord coming heavy on me. It's not pleasant, but I want it. So I want him to get all of me and I want him to receive the full reward of his inheritance in me, in my family, in every member of my family, in my church family, and in this nation. Aiden, the hand of the Lord has been coming upon you stronger and stronger the hand of the Lord God Almighty is upon your life because you've been set apart you've been set apart of the Lord is upon you because he has set you apart. God! And what you're about to step into is you're going to start feeling the fiery jealousy of his love. Your heart burns for him because his heart burns for you. There's this holy reciprocation between you and him. Uh. first born of the second batch for your parents and it's like in this second batch with this holy sanctified marriage there's a holy sanctification this set apartness that came upon you and it's holy it's heavy his holy hand is upon you because he has marked you and he is marking you right now. It's the fire of his jealous love that's upon you. Thanks for listening to our podcast. If you'd like to help more people hear this message, you can get the word out by subscribing and sharing it on social media. If you'd like to support the ministries of Heartland Church, you can do so at heartlandchurchonline.com give.